0: What's
1: going on, Badger Nation? Welcome to the PPC Den Podcast, your source for the latest tips, tricks, strategies, and techniques you need to make your Amazon advertising just a little bit easier and a little bit more profitable. Today, I'm joined by my dear friend, incredibly talented Amazon PPC agency owner, Brent from AMZ Pathfinder. Brent, welcome back to the show. It's great to have you on, as always.
2: Hey, Mike. Great to be back. Yeah, I'm really excited.
1: Right on, how are things in in France today?
2: It's a beautiful uh, early fall day. The sun is shining. I live in the south, so it doesn't really get truly cold here. I'm looking forward to gorgeous weather the rest of the month uh, when I'm not traveling for uh, all these great Amazon conferences that are starting back up.
1: <laughs> hey now. Yeah. Um, last time we podcasted, we podcasted in person here in Austin. And we were thinking, I was laughing because we were thinking of the topic that we did way back in July. <laughs> and you're like, I don't remember. Uh, it might have been because you had too many white claws. So many white it claws. Was s- sum- summertime in Austin. It's all about white claws.
2: It's a, it's a wild, it's a wild town. But uh, wi- the other reason was town. just because there were so many new things, but we'll hold on that for a future date. Okay.
1: Got it, yes. <laughs> um, so I'm excited today because there was a relatively new feature. Not every account has it. And Amazon sort of puts this feature right in your face. So inevitably, you have probably seen this uh, inside your account. I'd probably wager, I mean, we probably opened up 40 accounts in total between the two of us. Yeah, at and least want it does say- on
2: my end, absolutely
1: yeah and i want to say maybe it was in 40 percent of mine
2: Would you say the same thing uh, well I didn't, I didn't do a tally maybe i should have but i was just opening at random okay this account i know it has a substantial amount of spend you know this one's us so they usually get most of the features first And I would say maybe a 50-50 split would be be correct. But keep in mind, this feature when it popped up doesn't necessarily have anything in it sometimes. So you get in there, okay, it's a new tab, it's in beta. Well, there's nothing to see.
1: (laughs) So. Right. Um, You know, Richard Branson has said, opportunity is like the bus. It'll always come every hour. So don't worry about missing one. Um, The question that we wanted to answer on today's show is what is this new opportunities tab? Should you trust this new opportunities tab? And if so, should it be part of your workflow? And Brent, you brought up a, when we were doing our pre-show research for this episode, which you know took us about 45 minutes, uh, when we were doing our pre-show research, we found a post from Google Ads Somebody writing about Google ads, this was a post from about five years ago. And the title of the post was, is Google ads, new opportunity tab, a good opportunity. And then the sub headline was Google's new opportunities tab is a good opportunity, dot, dot, dot for Google. (laughs) And this represents the cyclical nature of all things. Uh, and how Amazon ads is often very inspired by Google ads. So even though they're both very different platforms, they are both pay-per-click platforms. um, And Google has had, you know, 20 plus years to refine their platform. And Amazon is rapidly changing their platform. And I do see some inspiration that they get from Google ads. So Google ads has had this opportunity to have for a long time. And we're gonna be dissecting this and really just answering the question, like, should you be using this, like, when they suggest something you you know what should you think about it should you set a recurring reminder to check the opportunities tab periodically and we're going to go through this um, first you know gut reaction you know what did you think what did you feel what did you know have you how much thought have you given the opportunities tab over the last few weeks months since you've maybe seen this for the first time
2: I'll be honest, I haven't put a tremendous amount of weight in some of the recommendations that I've seen pop up. And only a few people on the team have really brought it forward as something to discuss kind of in the public square, you know, on our Slack channels and calls as like something seriously to consider as, oh, is this something to incorporate into our optimization routines? So I would say, haven't given it that much attention. I'm going to be honest, Mm -hmm. I've neglected it a little bit.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is why it's a great opportunity to do this show um you know because we can collect take some time to reflect all of our thoughts and you know when i first saw the opportunities tab that's exactly what i thought of i was like oh man this is just like google ads opportunities tab um and even though i haven't done google ads in the like the last four years i just remember seeing the tab getting questions on it from clients at the time Um, poking around in it sometimes like, Hey, I saw this. I don't know what to think about it. So like, I do think this is an important topic to understand. Um, and I think the summary here, and this was true in Google ads. And after looking, you know, opening up about 40 accounts in Amazon advertising, I think it's almost exactly the same as it was in Google ads. Meaning the majority of these recommendations, and we'll go through them, but the majority of the recommendations are recommendations to spend more and go broader to get more impressions. Um, That is the majority of the opportunities that we found. And let's start dissecting them. Let's jump into a couple of these opportunities that we saw we'll sort of talk about them because you are probably going to see similar ones we found that there's really only like five or six in rotation um but probably expect more over time so there's really only a few different kinds of opportunities let's break it down here we go all righty brent you want to take the first one that we have listed here
2: yeah sure and this one actually kind of loops back to our last conversation a little bit mike we had all the way back in, in texas which is uh campaigns out of budget type recommendations. You know, there's several variations on this theme, but the idea is, uh, here, let's highlight a way that you could have spent more for a desirable outcome of some sort. You know, they come in a couple different variations, but that's like the the main theme that we see through them.
1: Right, campaign out of budget. And again, it's pretty good to know if you have a good performing campaign and it's out of budget. Um, but at the same time, a, you don't necessarily want to just increase budget just to increase budget. Because again, like while a budget increase could lead to more revenue and more sales, you don't necessarily just want to blindly hit. Okay. Like, let me go ahead and, you know, 50% increase my budget, you know, without really understanding what that's going to do to your account. So Brent, when you think about you know when you see a campaign that is out of budget what is your sort of mental flow chart look like to actually determine should you increase the budget here
2: yeah and actually this, this leads to a larger discussion about budget but my my way to manage budget has always been from the bottom up so you set budgets from the top down but you manage it from the bottom up so my instinct is usually to dive into the campaign or ad group uh as much as i can to figure out well what target or asin or particular thing is the thing that's actually spending such that it's starting to bump up against the ceiling that we've set. Because we've set that ceiling for a reason, right? There's a reason that a campaign budget is the way it is. So, well, what target is causing this to happen? Or is it a lightning deal? Or is it some kind of seasonality? There's other external factors that we can't even necessarily predict or even understand sometimes, which is kind of one of the tricks to PPC in general is understanding that. But that would be my first instinct. It wouldn't be to just say, oh man, we gotta increase it uh, because exposure or because this. Well, what if -hmm. exposure is not your main metric you're measuring success by? I think you mentioned, Mike, you had a recommendation or an opportunity, I guess, as, as, as we're calling it here, that said, oh, enable these 22 campaigns. 22 campaigns, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. you know, or boost the bids on them. It was one of the two, you'd tell me which. But the point is, you know, 22 campaigns can can swing the spend in an account pretty drastically depending on how they're configured.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. You know, this is, I'm going to be probably repeating this a couple times on this episode. And basically, Amazon's goals are different than your goals as an advertiser. Straight up, there's different goals. Sometimes there's some overlap, like, you know, you, you, most advertisers would love to spend more at a better ROAS, whereas maybe Amazon wouldn't. Does you know they don't care too much about your margins? Like they're they're not too concerned if you're at a thirty percent ACOS or a forty percent ACOS. Whereas that could be pretty uh, a big deal for an individual company. Mm-hmm. So like that's the thing that we always need to think about. So while yes, like you, there there are a lot of reasons to increase. Uh, you know budget limitations um, for a, perf- a campaign that's performing well. Um, however, like, should you just increase budgets just because they show up on the opportunities tab? I think the answer is not. Um, so some levels of discernment, like, you know, generally I think a campaign that's performing really well, so it's like under your target costs. Yeah, there's probably some room to push up budget but again that shouldn't be the only thing that you do to that campaign there might be a lot of bid management inside there that needs to happen as well um, to really ensure that you know that new budget is going to be spent exactly the way that you want it to be spent Um, in addition just like you mentioned sort of top down or bottom up if you have you know let's say you have a hundred keywords of spread out across several ad groups inside a campaign and you're budget limited. So you're budget limited on all hundred keywords. There's probably some keywords in there that maybe aren't getting any traffic right now or getting very little traffic. As soon as you increase that budget, now all of a sudden, maybe your targeting is actually different now. You know, when you increase the budget now, maybe all of a sudden you're showing up for different things than you were previously because you were budget limited. Um, and that can be, that can change your ROAS, like that can change your ACOS. So, should you blindly just increase budgets? I would generally say no. Uh, for a campaign that's performing well, you know, maybe a snap judgment could be more appropriate. But even still, like if you're going to do it right, you need to look at that campaign and really ask yourself: If I were to increase the budget, what kinds of things would change? And it might mean that your targeting is slightly different. Uh, it might mean a variety of different things, but. I would be very cautious before I'm ever increasing budget willy nilly just because it shows up here. So I think a healthy dose of discernment is required before you increase the budget because it ends up here.
2: And one thing I want to touch on with the actual verbiage they use. Yeah. um, Yeah. Yeah. So they say like maintenance in all caps (laughs) at the top of the notification. One of the ones we have in our notes here. And it's saying four sponsored product campaigns out of budget. And it's giving us a range, which is quite a large range for missed Mm -hmm. clicks and missed impressions. Um, It's not saying missed sales. (laughs) I mean, yeah, (laughs) impressions and clicks are great. Like we like clicks, we like impressions, but Ultimately, what a lot of sponsored product campaigns uh, are focused on is actual ROAS goals. And so Mm -hmm. those can be found in the interface in other places. It's true. Um, But what they're suggesting here is basically, oh, you have to maintain your campaigns and apply these budgets we're recommending to keep them running throughout the day. Okay, coverage is good. We like that, too. But yet again, we have to drill in and figure out why the budget we've set is not sufficient.
1: Right. Exactly. And the recommendation that we have in the screen cap of the uh, blog post for this episode, uh, we've got campaigns with ROAS is averaging 2.73. and I know for this account, like the average ROAS is about four. So they're actually recommending that I increase budget based not on ROAS at all. And it's really based on just spend and like, are you you know spending as much as you could so again take it with a big grain of salt generally most people are not optimizing for visibility so visibility meaning clicks and impressions most people are optimizing for ROAS so whenever our decision co- ha- comes up to increase budget like ROAS gets looked at first like what campaigns are performing really well that we can give some more juice uh, and then of course being being sure you're not going to be expanding it out to different targeting uh, these are things that I always think about. Any final words on the campaign out of budget recommendation? I feel like we hit that one pretty good.
2: No, nah, I think we've covered that one.
1: Cool. Let's take it to number two. All righty. Up next, we have unpause, paused campaigns. Uh, and it went back six plus months. So let me read actually what it said here. Um, it said one campaign paused with inventory, maintenance. Uh, One paused campaign had a ROAS of three or higher in the past six months. Reactivate paused campaigns to drive impressions and sales. So this one seems, on the surface, seems pretty good. However, my first reaction is it doesn't take into account that there's probably a newer, better campaign where we've since moved this inventory. So again, it's just sort of it's not necessarily like the smartest recommendation because it's not taking that into account. So again, and I think there was one account where it told me to unpause, you know, almost 20 something campaigns all at Mm -hmm. once without sort of acknowledging like, Hey, like maybe you have smarter campaign structure now than you did six months ago. And I hope people do if they've been listening to the show. So it's just sort of this blanket type recommendation kind of like when all you have is a hammer everything's a nail so just like boom turn it on increase budget i don't love this recommendation um because i have to imagine that if you did pause a campaign that you know did have a good ROAS, you've probably put those products somewhere else in it with a better structure um again just another recommendation getting me to spend more Uh, go broader and get more impression. So what are your thoughts on on this one?
2: I have three things that come up right away. The first one is, why six months? So many things can change in six months on Amazon. I mean, my God, we have so many client accounts that six months ago, just based on seasonality or inventory situation, the account looks so different now. And we've had to make a ton of changes and been proactive with that. So six months ago, (laughs) I mean, it does say in the past six months. It doesn't say six months, but that means that it could be Five or six months, which yet again, uh, mm-hmm. that was what the beginning of summer or something like that. And here we are moving yeah. into quarter four uh, when you know, the weather is different. And for some accounts, that really matters. Gifting is happening. That certainly wasn't the case uh, in early um, summer. Uh, so that's my first thought. And then why a ROAS of three? I think all the recommendations that you and I saw was three. Uh, why not four? Why not two and a half? Why not seven? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Maybe they just looked at all the information they have as Amazon and said, all right, three is probably good. A lot of people aim for three. Um, they seem to be happy with it. Um, at no point did I ever, at some point, you know, go in and tell Amazon, this campaign in particular, my goal for this is this ROAS. So they're making this recommendation based on three. But why three? Uh, what's the rationale behind it? The only mm-hmm. thing I got to give them some kudos on is they say, Uh, The campaigns are paused that have inventory. So at least they're checking Mm -hmm. that, okay, we have product to sell still. Uh, I'm assuming that's what's happening. So uh, I I give them some points for that.
1: Right. So I feel like this is a very narrow case where it would be a very good idea. But I have to imagine, you know, if anyone paused a campaign that was performing, you know, three or better, they probably had good reason to do it. And they probably moved these products somewhere else with a better structure. So it is possible that you would turn this on, have redundant spending, um, and maybe less refined than you currently do. So again, like it's another recommendation that kind of is more on like Amazon's goals as opposed to an advertiser's <laughs> goals. You know, always
2: think of the incentives, yeah.
1: <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, so that is that report and let's move on to the third opportunity. Alrighty. The third one that we have here is go and look at blank report. Um, so this was a pretty interesting one that I think you first, uh, identified when we were scanning through these things.
2: Yeah, this one, um, it said, i don't i haven't have it right in front of me here but it said something like um you need to find the category benchmark report it was for sponsored brands in particular so what it was doing is saying hey your impressions uh were like in the top 25th percentile or something you know you earned a good deal of impressions for x subcategory on Amazon. That was great. (laughs) You should do that more uh, because you gained a lot uh, in this subcategory. And so it actually pointed me when I clicked on like learn more or whatever it was. It wasn't a simple action like unpause or just raise budget. Um, It said learn more. And it kicked me over to the reports area. And then the implication was, okay, go to sponsored brands, select the category benchmark, download that, and take a look at it, as I understood.
1: Yes, this is pretty interesting, you know, telling you to go look at blank report Um, generally a good idea. So this one actually is not a bad recommendation. It's almost like a little nudge. Hey, go download these reports. You know, I've opened up accounts before, went to the reports tab and noticed that, you know, a report hasn't been downloaded in, you know, 12 months. Uh, Any report. So any nudge that gets people to go and look at their reports, uh, this is pretty good. The issue here, again, is that if you don't have the skills to discern what the report is telling you, and if you are using the Amazon Opportunities tab as your optimization schedule, it is possible, in fact, it is maybe likely that you don't know how to discern what to look for in this report. And the actual recommendation was you have a lot of, you know, Go get more impressions. Look at this report and see how many more impressions you can get from the, you know, category benchmark report. So again, good recommendation to go look at reports. I don't love the fact that it's based on impressions. Uh, Again, you know.
2: And to loop it back to budget, it does say in the verbiage, I found it now, plan your brand's ad budget. (laughs) So what they're saying is, hey, think about how you're going to spend potentially more money. Um, so yet again, incentives and to their credit, it does have a little, uh, like, uh, you know, note on the bottom, it says sponsored brand campaigns over the past 30 days. So this is much more fresh information than this, like, oh, six months ago, five months ago, you know, whatever this long, longer range. Um, so at least they're giving us something more uh, recent here.
1: I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's never a bad recommendation to go and look at your reports. The issue is, again, most people are optimizing for orders and ROAS um, and things of that nature, not clicks and impressions. So again, I think a common theme here is they're recommending things to give you more clicks and impressions, um, which can be very dangerous if you like don't know how to pare things down and optimize them. So again, not a, not a huge fan, but with that, let's move on to the fourth one. Already this one, this one was a pretty good one. Um, I was actually surprised when I think you read this one off first, uh, it was saying, do these things to improve your conversion rate. Now we're talking, now we're cooking, yeah. uh, I'm trying to find the exact text for this one. Okay. So, uh, boost conversion, exclude poorly performing shopping queries to help make sure you spend on clicks that convert for you. Hey, now, now we're talking. So this was a gross sales and they were telling me to add negative keywords to my sponsored products campaigns. Hey, bingo, this is it. This is the good, this is the good stuff here. So sort of reminding you to add negative keywords is a fantastic recommendation. So if you don't have a project management tool, uh, or you're not, you don't have some kind of system in place to regularly scan through your search terms and add new negative keywords, um, this is a great recommendation
2: well the way they kind of frame it too is uh conversion rate at least in the, one of the ones i saw they're saying like hey you want to boost your conversion rate don't you and uh in this one they're saying grow sales like these are all positive outcomes that we can mm-hmm. definitely align on uh both with amazon and our own optimization whether it be you know you doing it or someone on your team like everyone would be happy with that outcome right <laughs> yeah um, and they're, they're prompting and pushing us to learn more. This one I'm looking at now is for sponsored products, but I swear I saw one for sponsored brands as well. Oh, you
1: did. Mm. Yeah. I'm pretty yeah, so, sure. So, yeah. So, so I love this. If you don't have a system to regularly scan through your search terms and add negative keywords, you should like go write this down, put it on your calendar, recurring reminder. Um, and It's a good recommendation. Go go through, scan it, and this is one of the times where your goals do align with Amazon's goals. Like in Amazon's perfect world, every advertiser is is bidding on and appearing for relevant terms that have high conversion rates. Like that's what Amazon wants to do. Like they want people to click on ads, so and they want people to buy after they click on those ads, and they will reward you for doing it because that's how they make money. So this is where your goals do align with Amazon's goals. So this is a perfect recommendation, but hopefully you're not waiting for this recommendation. You re- already have some kind of system in place to add negative keywords.
2: One last thing about this one, Mike, before we transition to the, to the one of the final ones is if we're looking at the same one here, it also says um, advertisers who use negative products or brands with sponsored products, for the first time, see an average 8% sales increase the next month compared to those who don't. I mean, that's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of words doing work for us there, but basically mm-hmm. it's saying, uh, they have a, you know, a noticeable increase in sales, probably because their ad spend is going towards relevant things instead of irrelevant things, would be the assumption. But they're giving us a little piece of data there.
1: Oh yeah, I love it. Um, so this was actually a good recommendation. Uh, and with that, let us move to our second to last one. All righty, well, we just left a pretty strong recommendation asking us to add negatives. And are we staying strong? No, we're not. (laughs) Uh, So we we are back to ideas that will get you to spend more, go broader, and get more impressions. Um, So this recommendation is basically, hey, you see that tight campaign that you have over there? have you thought about adding a category targeting have you thought about adding broad match um, so this is basically the recommendation so uh, i'll read off the one telling me to add category targeting uh, at least thirty thousand shoppers have viewed products from brands similar to yours but not your products reach them by using uh, a sponsored display and targeting them with the category sports and outdoors So there are good times and good recommendations when you should be doing category-based targeting. Um, However, you wanna be thoughtful about when you are incorporating these very loose, broad targeting types and not just willy-nilly doing them anytime you know this comes across so there are certain times where you'd look at your goals how am i doing am i too loose am i too tight with my targeting is a time to introduce it and i believe this is just a blanket recommendation that will occur anytime i like the fact that it gives me a little bit of data you know 30,000 people that are viewing products similar to my products haven't seen my products so like why don't you go do more things to get in front of them um, again is category targeting the best way to get in front of them Maybe, maybe not. That's, that would be really up to, you know, how good your targeting is, but there are tighter ways to do it. Um, and this is a very loose way, broad brush in order to get there. So we had product targeting, go add some categories, uh, again, kind of in the bucket of go get more impressions and more clicks.
2: Yeah, this next one is in the same vein, though, isn't it? I mean, they're not lying when they say increase visibility of your ads. Yeah, a lot of people are definitely going to see it if you go and you add broad match keywords to sponsored brands. Now, the listeners probably have, probably are familiar with this concept, but you know, broad match keywords operate differently in sponsored brands than they do for uh, mm-hmm. sponsored products, right? So you're you're doing a really wide uh, you know uh, spread on your shotgun there. You're going to be hitting a lot of different targets you did not intend with keywords that are broad match and sponsored brands. It's almost like auto campaign. I mean, it's really quite wide. So yeah, you will increase traffic exposure, increase visibility, no doubt about that. But this is advice I would like to give to some of my uh, clients' competitors, (laughs) more so than something I would like to see (laughs) see show up in my own account and have a client ask about, um, because this is a great way to Uh, If if you don't do it with some kind of clear intention behind it, you know, there might be a top of funnel strategy or campaign you're building intentionally with this strategy. But if not, Mm -hmm. this is a great way to spend a lot of money and have a low click-through rate.
1: Very well said. With that, let's move to the last opportunity that we saw. And this last one was pretty interesting. Um, It's very different than a lot of the other ones because it refers to sort of like how your sponsored brand store page is set up. So this was a pretty interesting one. So it said, link ads to a store with three plus pages. And then right underneath it, it said advertisers who link a sponsored brands ad to a store with three plus sub pages for the first time, see an average of 9% more sales in the next month compared to those who don't. So if you're running sponsored brands and you're sending it to a store page and that store page does not have three or more sub pages, you can do that. And according to this, you will see an average of 9% more sales in the next month. Um, so this was a pretty interesting one. I love data. So the fact that they threw that in, uh, you know, it said underneath it says Amazon internal data, April, 2021. Um, does that mean in other months it didn't? And like, this is just a select cohort where they happen to get this. Um, So, you know, maybe, you know, maybe not, I'm, I've got my tinfoil hat on with that one, but, um, a pretty useful recommendation, definitely something to try. Uh, you know, the, the popular question of like, where do I send sponsored branch traffic comes up periodically. And I think this is a pretty good idea of something. If you haven't tested it, it's probably worth testing.
2: I would say compared to the other recommendations that we've got so far, especially the ones we started with, this is like the uh, the two cool hipster recommendation. It's like totally niche. It's like the guy you talk to at the party who's like, oh, you like that band? Well, you know what? I like their first album. <laughs> it's like, actually, you know, what you should really get into is subpages. <laughs> you mm-hmm. might have heard about campaigns, but subpages mm-hmm. are really where it's at. And mm-hmm. I mean, I agree with this like, like wholeheartedly. Um, yeah. We're huge advocates of using... Uh, store pages, which yet again are free. And if you have someone who's decently skilled at design on your team, you can have them whip one up. If you have good creative and videos, you're going to do a great job. And there's Mm -hmm. so many great features in those. And we see tremendous success with sponsored brands paired with storefronts in particular. We advocate that clients do it. We spend heavily against it where we can. And the distinction here is the sub pages, or I guess we just call them pages, because technically in the right. storefront, a sub page is the one that's under the top level nav. But if you mm-hmm. have just three top level navs, for for example, if you have enough products to support that, um, then you can send sponsored brands traffic to those individual pages. And that's way better than just sending to a home page. Um, mm-hmm. I would actually advise people against doing that, because you're still not putting them at the most relevant place that they should be to you know purchase.
1: Big time. So yeah, so this, this recommendation, pretty darn good. And they have a data point right there to support it as well. So in general, we covered one, two, three, four, five, six, seven opportunities today. And I would say the majority of them are pushing you to spend more, go broader and get more impressions, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: not necessarily more sales. Uh, And then we did have a few of them that were actually asking us to tighten up and the store page recommendation was a, a pretty good one if if they haven't done it yet. So let's answer the question that we started with. Should looking at these opportunities be part of a good Amazon advertiser's workflow?
2: I would say yes, but with a cynical eye, go into it a little bit suspicious.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I would probably say yes to so like when you see it you can look at it take it with a grain of salt really think about it like why are they suggesting this and it really helps to know your campaign so if you do have campaign out of budget hopefully you're not finding out for the first time in the opportunities tab Mm. Uh, if they're suggesting negative keywords hopefully this is not the first time that you've decided to add negative keywords if they're suggesting product targeting or broad match targeting. Hopefully you've already thought about how you want to incorporate that into your strategy. So a lot of these can be good prompts. Uh, I think anything is a good prompt. I even think, you know, are there other people in the industry that you could pair up with to, you know, poke around and, you know, is there, are there any peers that you trust that, you know, friends that you've met along the way where you could ask them to take a look and get a different perspective. I think idea generation in general is a pretty darn good idea. And this Again, you just have to remember that most of Amazon's goals are not your goals. But if you go in there with the, that mindset, I think they could be pretty, you know, a welcome addition to a good critical optimization schedule.
2: Yeah, let's see how this evolves, too. One of the things I brought up in our pre-discussion was what if we had the opportunity to communicate to Amazon what our objectives were? And then it tailored some of these opportunities or recommendations based on those basic metrics we gave it. Like we, we talked earlier about three times for us, well, what if I'm like Amazon, I want four.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then
2: Amazon says, oh, okay, here's a different recommendation based on that right. that that goal. I don't know if it'll ever get to that point. I can dream. It's kind of cool. <laughs> but but I, uh, I definitely agree with you. I think communicating with someone else who has a good grasp of how this stuff works and telling them what your objectives are and then having them take a look and maybe you take a look at their account or maybe it's someone in your company or your agency or whatever. Uh, that probably is going to yield far better ROI in like terms of time and energy than just cruising through this opportunities thing every day.
1: Big time. And I think we've covered it. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Brent, thank you so much for coming back on the show uh, again. Yes. you uh, Check them out. AMZ Pathfinder. And I will see everyone here next week on the PPC Den Podcast. Have a good one.